Hello and welcome to Classic 15, the podcast hub of top tips for young and emerging artists in the classical music world. I'm Jack Pepper. I'm a 23-year-old composer, radio presenter and writer. And for 15 minutes, we get to sit down and have a virtual coffee with an established name in the classical world. Today, we meet the 27-year-old French pianist Jean-Paul Gasparien. Already with four, soon to be five, albums to his name, Jean-Paul is a rising star of the keyboard world. He was a prize winner at the 2014 Bremen European Piano Competition, and before that, in 2013, at the Lyon International Piano Competition and Hastings International Concerto Competition. Jean-Paul and I spoke over a video call, and I started by asking him what single experience or opportunity proved the most important in his career to date. Yes, well, it's always very difficult to pick one, but I can think about one opportunity, actually, which was not exactly an opportunity because it was a complete surprise, but it was an experience that, uh, that meant a lot and that was a big challenge and that I, I will always remember. Uh, it was in 2018, I think. Christian Zacharias uh, cancelled um, two concerts in, um, in Chemnitz in Germany. Um, he was supposed to play and conduct um, Mozart C minor concerto. And uh, my, my German manager called me uh, literally 48 hours before uh, the, the, the first of the two concerts and told me uh, and asked, well, are you able to step in and, and to play these concerts instead of, of Christian? And so they also had to call uh, a conductor because Christian was going to to play and conduct from the piano. So they called a very famous Austrian conductor, Leopold Hager, very famous for his Mozart interpretation. And so uh, hopefully it was, uh, it was a piece, it was a concerto that I had played some, some years before. And so I said, yeah, I, I, I will do it. And um, I was living at my, my parents' house at that time. And, and we have the, you know, the electric piano. Um, so I could work by night with the headphones. So I practiced, uh, I mean, I think that my manager called me, it was maybe 6 or 7 p.m. And so I spent the night working on that Mozart concerto. And uh, the, the the morning after, I, I called her back and said, well, I, I will do it. It's OK. And so I, I took the, the plane, we rehearsed and, and, and we played those two two evenings in the beautiful um, Robert Schumann Philharmonie in, uh, in Chemnitz. Uh, it was packed packed concert hall of course because Christian Zacharias was supposed to play <laughs> and uh, but it was at the same time big challenge because uh, of course it's not something that is easy you have to take back a piece very very quickly and um, you are also in front of the orchestra that you don't know uh, a conductor that you don't know um, so big challenge but also at the same time very very uh, fruitful uh, experience and opportunity and I think uh, those kind of, of challenges uh, make you progress a lot. It's funny you come across these stories quite a lot of I think there was a conductor who once said actually that the best way you get a promotion so to speak as a conductor is for another conductor to be ill which sounds quite blunt but but it does it is often quite uh, you know that's the most common way often of, of getting that that exposure. As an artist how difficult is it to say yes or no when your manager calls up and you've got this high-profile concert? What's going through your mind when you're trying to decide if you say yes or no to an important opportunity like that? Yeah, well, uh, there are different things. Um, it's, at the same time, it's good to, to, to accept challenges 
but on the other side it's also good to be realistic for example if the if the the piece was a concerto that i that i'd never played of course i think it's not so smart to say yes and then play bad or uh, without being ready or you have to see if it's realistically doable to take back that piece for example uh, it's not the same if it's a piece that you played uh, six months ago or 10 years ago uh, you have to try and see if it's it's possible in 24 hours or 48 hours to to take it back and then if it's possible yeah of course that, that that's great great thing to do but uh, it happened also that they, they I had that kind of calls for pieces that I had never played and and uh, and it was just too short and and in, in those cases I, I prefer to say no because it's more realistic rather than than saying yes yes I can do it and then it's not not properly prepared and uh, that's also not not good. You've had many opportunities to sort of, you know, we've, we've talked about that one opportunity, but I'm thinking the number of competitions, for example, where you've, you've been sort of exposed to a wide audience and juries and the like, whether it's Bremen, Lyon, Hastings. How important is the competition scenario <laughs> for a pianist? Uh, well, that's that's an interesting question. Um, now, I... Um, I, I didn't do competition now for for several years, but uh, of course I participated in in several uh, competitions uh, between let's say 2013 and and 2018 19, and it was also I think important experience. Um, um, actually, all competitions that I I, I did um, uh, meant a lot. Uh, those that I won and those that I lost. <laughs> it's not uh, not. Im- I have one of my my first teachers at Paris Conservatoire, Jacques Rouvier, used to say a very nice sentence. He said, "You have to uh, how do you say relativize? Uh, uh, relativize? Uh, sorry, uh, I don't know the, the the word. But you you have to um, put into question uh, the 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 competition, uh, even when you when you win and when you, when you lose." Because, of course, when you win, it's great. You have a lot of concert opportunities. You have more visibility. You get uh, uh, called for concerts abroad and so on and so on. And you, you get better known. But also when you, for example, when you're eliminated before the final round or uh, I don't know, it's, it's also, it can be, uh, of course, it depends on you ultimately, but it can be also an important experience uh, that you you ask yourself, well, what what went wrong? Uh, what what can I change in my uh, practicing process, for example, or um, with my state of mind when I'm on stage, or uh, with my choice of, choice of repertoire? A lot of different elements that you can analyze and 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 self criticize and and try to to do better next time. Does a musician need? a competition like a sort of as an emerging musician to get that early exposure uh, and you know you mentioned your manager calling you for this breakthrough opportunity you had to have a manager in the first place to get that phone call is a competition therefore necessary when you're starting out um no i, I wouldn't say necessary because uh, when you look at the musical landscape uh, professional landscape uh, today you have a lot of different ways 
to to make a career. Uh, it can be, of course, by winning a big competition, and we have a lot of great example of this. Uh, but uh, you also have a lot of big names that never won any competition, and and that, that's okay. I mean, it, there there is no necessity. It can be uh, because you you met the right person at the right time, the right conductor or the right uh, manager or the right uh, um, director of a label company. It can be. Uh, be, because you you stepped in, uh, you make a real last minute replacement, or um, yeah, it can be a lot of there, there are a lot of different ways to to make yourself known. But of course, there are different things because nowadays there are so many competitions all over the world, which was absolutely not the case 30, 40, or 50 years ago. That um, maybe the impact of the competitions is not as high as it used to be. I don't know. But of course, the few biggest competitions, the Tchaikovsky, the Chopin, I don't know, uh, Van Cliburn, and maybe a few others, of course, that if you, if you win one of those competitions, you, you, you have a sort of uh, guarantee, at least for several years. But then it's always the same question. It's one thing to to uh, to explode for uh, three, four, five years, and that's another thing to to keep that level of career for ten, twenty, or thirty, thirty years. So, how would you describe your mindset and how that's changed over time, going through the competitions and now you know recording several albums to your name? How would you sort of describe how you have changed the way that you see yourself, your career? Yeah. Well, as I said, I had this period of time of several where several years where um, when I, I participated in, in several competitions, and I, I absolutely don't regret that that period. It was a good experience, and some competitions that I won uh, that was very helpful for me, especially the the one in Bremen in Germany in 2014. It was also a very good experience to learn new repertoire. Because usually when you prepare some competitions, you are obliged to learn new repertoire for the program of the competition. So that's very good when you are young, especially concerto repertoire that will be useful later in your career. So that was in principle a very good experience. But then at some point, uh, when I started, for example, to record uh, my first CDs, to to have contracts with some uh, agencies abroad, and to have my career being more and more developed, uh, I decided that it was not so much uh, important uh, well like how can i say that, that my priorities were not anymore in competitions and rather in continu continuing to 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 develop the the career and i think that now i i will not do competitions anymore because it's just not not anymore my my priority and uh, so now i try to of course develop the, the concert activity and i have i'm very happy that i have now also new contract with uh, naive uh, with the label so that's also very good because it gives a perspective on several years with uh, projects that i can construct myself in terms of repertoire uh, so um, yeah those are my my priorities today so how does that come about the relationship with a recording label do you approach them do they approach you well i, I will tell you the things very very honestly my first recording company uh, uh, evidence classics it was a, a 
French independent label. I did three solo CDs for them. Uh, first one was in 2017, I think, or 2018. And the uh, director of that comp company listened to me uh, when I was playing a recital at a festival in France. And he was also the director of that festival. And um, I didn't know actually that he was also owning this uh, label. And after the concert, he was very enthusiastic. He said, well, I want to produce your first CD. Uh, what do you say? And of course, um, I said, okay, let's go. Uh, my, why not? I think it can be a good time to make my first CD. And so we decided to, to play Russian repertoire for this one. Then I did one Chopin recording with the four ballads. And then again, Rachmaninoff for the third one. And after this, I did um, a CD with orchestra, my first one, by the way, for a Swiss label, Claves. And that was uh, thanks to a prize that I received at the Somme Musico in Kstadt, in the festival. So they, they awarded sort of prize for the best recital performance during the festival. And that prize gave the opportunity to record the city with orchestra. So that was also a wonderful opportunity. I recorded Rachmaninoff's second concerto and piece by Armenian composer Babajanian. Uh, it was the first uh, Western a recording of, of that piece, Heroic Ballad. And now with Naive, um, the, I know that the, the people from Naive um, got in contact with my manager after the Victoire de la Musique, uh, when I was uh, nominated in the Révélation sur l'instrumental uh, category. Uh, so two years ago now, I know that uh, after this, this, uh, this thing, which was, of course, uh, with a lot of... Uh, um, visibility, it was on TV and so on and so on. Uh, my manager uh, in France, uh, Ivona Stojanovic, was co contacted by Naive and they said, well, we are interested. And then they went to my concerts, they they, they listened to me live and uh, we discussed and we agreed on that uh, on that uh, collaboration. And um, I'm very glad because they, they um, give me a complete freedom of choice concerning the repertoire, which is for me one of the most important things. And so first album was Debussy that I recording and it, it will be released in, in two weeks now. And um, I have already a quite precise idea for the for the next one, but I will keep the surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Keep, keep us listening. Keep us waiting. Because it was one of the things that really struck me about your work was the breadth of the repertoire that you play, whether it's Rachmaninoff, Scriabin, Howard Shaw, I saw among there as well, the Lord of the Rings composer. So it's great that you have that flexibility because it's not always the case with labels where the artist is able to say, this is what I want to play. This is who I am musically. That so I think one of the most important uh, advice that I could give maybe to uh, younger musicians and especially pianists that at least in the first step of your career, it's really, really important to, to build an important repertoire, uh, solo repertoire and concerto repertoire. Then in your life, in your career, you can always specialize and decide that, well, those composers will be my core repertoire. And of course, nobody is, is obliged to play everything and it's not possible to play everything. But at least in, in well, when you are 15, 20, uh, 25, I think it, it, it's good to, to, to build a, a wide repertoire because uh, it will be needed in your career. I think today, maybe also the situation is a little bit different, maybe 30, 40, 50 years ago, you could find those big names that were um, making a career with a very, very tight repertoire. 
I think that nowadays it's it's more rare and that uh, you are asked to play a lot of different things when you are making a, a world career and especially when you are uh, invited with orchestras. Well, you can be called to play uh, Mozart and then the week after Prokofiev and then Rachmaninoff and then Brahms. And it's important to have all this in your in your fingers, at least, you know, to know that you are cap- capable of learning and playing those pieces and uh, for example now I'm, I'm i'm doing this a little bit less but a few years ago i was also playing quite regularly contemporary music for example i played some boulez pieces uh, you mentioned now howard Shaw, which has of course nothing to do stylistically but it's also a living composer and i will do the french premiere of his piano concerto played also works by by french composers christian muraille or thierry esquesh and, and so on and so on and um, it's also i think important to at least um, have a, a minimum of curiosity about the, the music of our time also um, and um, and then as I said uh, at some point you can decide what is your core repertoire but after having nourished yourself with a sort of wider uh, experience of the piano literature. Well we're excited to see where you go next Jean-Paul thank you so much for joining us and giving us some of your time and advice Jean-Paul Gasparian real Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining Classic 15, another bite-sized coffee break chat. This podcast and all in the series are available on all the usual podcast platforms and on classic.com. There you can also find all of Classic's latest news, their online concert series and video on demand. And don't forget to check out Classic's social media as well, at Classic Music. My thanks to producer Laurent Von Lanton and to our guest Jean-Paul Gasparien. And until the next time, happy music making.